Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. When you can get super honest about the difference between a want and a need, you will start to learn the power of resourcefulness. And trust me when I say it, that trade alone will serve you more than any resources will. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher, and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing, numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. Starting, running, and scaling a business requires a lot of things. It requires resources, resourcefulness, time, energy, talent, and straight-up grit. When you're just getting going or you're slowly gaining momentum, it can be so easy to get caught up in all the resources that you feel like you need that you forget how to be resourceful. You may have heard me ask this question before, but do you have an actual business or do you have what looks like or appears to be a business? The key difference? Are you actually making money from selling your products, services, or offers? Are you putting your offers out into the world with boldness and giving people an opportunity to become a paying client? Or are you getting caught up in spending too much time in the prep stages, keeping yourself at the starting line and looking like a business, but missing the one key principle that actually makes you one, selling your offer to a consumer? It's so easy to get caught up in posting pretty photos to social, perfecting your website, finalizing every detail of your offer, getting pro-level logos, paying for Facebook ads, launching a podcast, and all around avoiding getting your thing actually out there into the hands of the people who need it. Now, while I know it's easy to get sidetracked or to focus on all of the little details, 
let me level with you. Most of the shiny businessy things that you think you need to start a business actually aren't that necessary, at least not for the first year or two or even three. So let this episode be your permission slip to slide these five things that feel urgent or necessary, but lead to perfection paralysis and decision fatigue right to the back burner while you hone in on what will actually move the needle the most in your earliest stages of entrepreneurship. Ready for your to-do list to get a whole lot shorter? Let's dive on in. Let me help you start your email list in 2021. You could cross that new year goal off of your list in under an hour each day with my free five-day mini course, the 0 to 250 Email List Building Challenge. Get the tutorials, the templates, and the tech with easy-to-follow steps for free at listbuildchallenge.com. This episode of Gold Digger is supported by the new podcast from Sarah Knight, No F's Given. The New York Times bestselling author delivers a no BS approach to motivation and mental health, gaining confidence, setting boundaries, and saying no. Search Sarah Knight and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Radio.com, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Before we talk about what you don't need, there is one undeniable need that every business needs in order to get started. Before the website, the email list, the social media, or sometimes even the name, you always have to start with your offer. It can come in the form of a product, a good, a service, or a digital item that people actually care about and are willing to invest their hard-earned money in. There's got to be some sort of value exchange, how you can create something that someone is willing to exchange time, money, or energy for. That is the first question you must answer. The thing is, you can pay for all the bells and whistles up front or even spend oodles of your own time and resources figuring out how to code a stunning website and piecing together marketing, all the things that seem so necessary to build a brand. But none of it matters if your proof of concept isn't there and people aren't interested in what your business is all about or willing to exchange money for your offer. I want to shift our focus to uncover how to actually be a business, meaning you are putting an offer out into the world delivering value and collecting money. That's the bottom line. You don't need a lot of flashy things. You just need a means of getting your offer out, getting paid for it, and providing that value. When budgets are tight, as they usually are in the beginning, you want to weigh what will actually help you be a business and what is absolutely necessary in that process. Truth be told, you could post your offer on Facebook or Instagram. You could use PayPal invoices for free and deliver the offer via Zoom or in a Facebook group if it were a digital training. Or you could email a digital PDF or download if it's a digital resource. With so many things in the digital space especially, you literally can do for free or minimal cost and with limited time or prep work involved. If you're leaning more into a product-centered business, tools like Etsy, Shopify, or even Facebook Marketplace can be amazing places to start getting your things out there, engaging interests, evaluating price points, and seeing what people gravitate towards. It's this low-risk situation where you can put your products out into the world and see if there's any interest or trends. You basically want to get your feet wet and prove to yourself that your idea is worth investing into. And a lot of times, in order to build our confidence in the process, we simply just need to know that there's someone out there who will buy the dang thing. Where can your passion and actual progress intersect so that you're not pushing that starting line further and further away while you chip away at a to-do list that's five miles long and not actually yielding any significant results? 
So let's really talk about it. And I am in no means trying to discourage you from launching a thoughtful business, but I do hope to show you that you don't need so many fancy schmancy, time-consuming, pricey features for your business right in the very beginning. Eventually, there'll be fabulous additions that you can figure out and invest in, but priority number one should always, always be getting your offer out into the world so that it can land in the hands of the right people. Let the rest of this episode be your permission slip to drop the perfectionism, let go of the grand and okay, yes, we can admit it, pretty stressful plans of getting all the flashy stuff ready before you launch anything. I'm going to share the five things I truly believe need to be on your back burner in the early stages of entrepreneurship so that you can focus on what matters, serve others well, and move the needle forward with actual tangible results. Now up first, you do not need a professional or a custom website to start your business. When I think about early stage entrepreneurs, I can almost picture their to-do list in my mind. One, pick a business name. Two, register a domain. Three, invest in a custom website design. Four, make sure the branding photos and the website copy and the SEO are all in perfect working order and super effective. And five, launch the darn thing. Oh shoot, that means that you'll need to talk to a website designer and also maybe even a copywriter and a branding photographer and yeah, probably a search engine optimization expert too. Wait, wait, not just talk about them, but ultimately pay upwards of thousands of dollars for their expertise, their experience, and their knowledge just to launch a website that sure will probably look absolutely gorgeous, but hasn't made you a cent and in fact has put you in the red and indebted to your business long before launching anything or making any real profits. Just thinking about that list and thinking of all those needs and costs and the energy it's going to take is overwhelming enough to keep a lot of us from even starting, right? Let me be real with you. You don't need any of that to start. Not a copyright, not a website designer, not even a $12.99 domain in a lot of cases. The thing I see people getting hung up on the most in the early stages is perfectionism and the way that things look. Now, I don't think most of us would say that we're perfectionists per se, but it can be downright scary to put something new out there, and you always want to lead with a strong first impression like you were taught. And so often we get stuck, we delay as we tweak and perfect, we try to be as prepared as possible and look as professional and put together as possible, and it ends up taking all of this time and attention and even money too when you could have quickly launched let done be better than perfect as you get your idea out into the world. Then you can pay attention to the public response, start bringing in some profits, even if they're minimal, and take any feedback you use to adjust and tweak and build the look and feel of the business as you go. If your business is a slow grow, I love that. I always say the slower the growth, the deeper the roots. And when we rush things, we often miss important clues or data or feedback that could help us serve more people and serve them even better. Like my entire business has been an example of a slow climb and pivoting and learning as I go. Now, I know that it feels so much safer to plan and to launch with this exact roadmap of where you're heading and how you're expanding. And that also can feel productive, right? Like you're doing all of this planning and prep work to be ready for whatever comes your way. And so that when you do finally launch, it's something super cohesive and well thought out and better equipped to handle whatever happens, right? Like I so get it. It's a lot of pressure to put yourself out there with something new. And it feels like you can curb some of that potential rejection 
or judgment if everything looks fabulous from the start. Does that sound about right? But here, let me tell you, that mentality is only holding you back. Hey, if you have the funds and the resources ready, by all means, get yourself a professional logo and that custom website. But when it starts taking two months, six months, or I've even seen it take a year plus of people getting caught up in this prep and plan stage without launching a thing, that's when you know your fear is likely outweighing your desire to impact others with this business. And all that preparation is no longer serving you or worth your time. There, I said it. Like I went there because what I don't want to see is any more early stage or almost entrepreneurs get caught up in the start before ever really starting. Let me illustrate this with my own journey at the beginning, at the starting line. When I first started, I had a free WordPress blog. Then I updated to use a template to make it look and feel more custom. Then I hired a student graphic designer to help me code something a little different. And finally, about six years into my entrepreneurial journey, I invested in a custom website. The truth is it was a super slow progression and my business grew at every stage of the game, allowing me to up the investment that I poured into my own corner of the web. Here's the thing. If you want something that feels custom, buy an Epic template and learn how to customize it so that you have full creative control. If you want to see my favorite, all-time favorite website templates created by my web designer, head to jennacutcher.com slash tonic. That's jennacutcher.com slash T-O-N-I-C. Check out their templates. They are an amazing place to start and you can start super simple and get fancy later. The thing is, if you really, really, really want to have a place for people to visit outside of social media, there are so many options other than a custom website. Most website platforms like WordPress and Squarespace, they have options to launch a website and use a template design for anywhere from $0 to $100. And you can pick a few low-cost stock photos as images or even temporary shots from your iPhone until it actually makes sense for you to invest in branding photography. Heck, if you don't even want a website at all, you can make a landing page on our favorite email service provider, Flowdesk, and have that as the place where you send people to. And win-win, you will be growing your email list in that process. You can launch most businesses these days using social media and social media alone. You can use an email list or existing selling platforms already out there like Etsy in order to begin getting your offer out into the world, making a few sales and tweaking your methods based on the response from your new clients. Now, as far as copy, meaning the words on your site that help you communicate what you do and who you serve or create for, the truth is you don't need a ton of words on any landing page to clearly share what you do, to rank on search engines, and to effectively market your offer. A strong headline and subheadline can draw someone in, and a great bio that tells people about you are great places to start. If you're thinking about or worried about SEO or search engine optimization, something I didn't even understand or know about until years into entrepreneurship, we have episodes on that topic on this show. You can find them at jennacutcherblog.com. You can use a search function and type in SEO, and there are a few different episodes that you can tune into. To oversimplify SEO, the focus there should be to naturally weave in a few of the most searched for keywords for your industry to communicate as clearly as possible what it is that you offer or what problem your business solves, to talk about who it is you serve, 
to share what makes you the expert and to make sure you describe your products and services. The goal here is just to make it crystal clear on how people can get in touch with you and voila, you have a solid starter copy that can get the job done. Now, these are just the basics. Truly just a landing page will give you a place to send people to that you own. And the truth is it need not be perfect to drive actual results for you. Will it be gorgeous? Probably not. Will it match the image you have for your brand in your head? Maybe not. And that's okay. Most of us look at businesses that have been around for years and years and expect to keep up with their pace and design and functionality when it's just not necessary or realistic at first. It's so easy to get caught up in all the specifics or to get envy when you see someone doing what you dream of doing with all the resources they have. But when we peel back all the layers, a lot of times it makes way more sense to start with what you've got and to grow from there. When you can get super honest about the difference between a want and a need, you will start to learn the power of resourcefulness. And trust me when I say it, that trade alone will serve you more than any resources will. Are you looking for a self-help resource, but you hate being told what to do? Looking for some life-changing magic from a woman who knows how to banish guilt, manage anxiety, and build confidence because she's trudged through the work herself? Add the No F's Given podcast with Sarah Knight to your weekly lineup. You've probably heard of her. She's the New York Times bestselling author behind your favorite sweary self-help books. They call her the anti-guru because of her no BS approach to self-help. Sarah started her podcast to deliver her unique brand of amazing, hilarious, and sweary advice on topics like motivation and mental health, gaining confidence, setting boundaries, and saying no. Check out No F's Given with Sarah Knight every Tuesday in 2021 and buckle up for a practical, hilarious, and her well-known and appreciated No F's Given approach to living your best life, whatever that looks like for you. Search Sarah Knight and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Radio.com, and everywhere you get your podcasts. I can feel it in my bones. This is the year that you'll start and grow an email list. Let me help. I am so excited to lead you through my free five-day mini course, the Zero to 250 List Building Challenge. An email list is the best way to speak directly to your people via their inboxes. Social media is always in flux. You don't own your followers, and the algorithm is making it more and more challenging to reach the people who need to hear from you. My email list, it's the number one way I reach people and turn subscribers into paying students. If you haven't started your email list or if your list could use some attention in the new year, the Zero to 250 Challenge will lead you through the entire process with tutorials, templates, and tech all taken care of. I'll share my steps for choosing an email service provider, creating a form and a freebie, and collecting valuable email addresses, as well as ideas for what to send to your list once you've started one no matter what type of business you run. Can you commit just 4% of this week to getting yourself results and finally following through? That's just one hour a day, Monday to Friday, for one week in order to get really big results. Are you ready? Sign up at listbuildchallenge.com. That's listbuildchallenge.com for the free 0-250 to list building challenge. I'll see you inside.
Number two, the second thing you don't need right away is a professional logo. Now, I hate to tell you this, but no one, absolutely no one cares what your branding looks like as much as you do. As long as you're delivering true value and communicating that clearly, people don't really care about your logo. I know, I know we all gravitate towards pretty logos in the wine aisle. And when we're picking out a new face cream in a sea of options, there's something psychological that draws us towards nice looking things. But most graphic designers charge hundreds to thousands of dollars for logo and branding packages that include custom marks, brand colors, fonts, and beyond. While all of that is certainly and undeniably valuable, it's simply not a necessity early on. It might be a want, but I'd argue that it's definitely not a need at the starting line. There are free platforms like Canva or PicMonkey where you can create your own logo design by tweaking preset templates that actually look pretty dang fabulous and were created by actual designers. You can also go by a not totally custom logo from a creator on Fiverr or Etsy, and it'll give you the custom feel without requiring the custom investment when you're starting out. Whichever route you choose from there, use what resources you have. Like Pinterest has tons and tons of color palette inspiration for you to look at and play with for your branding. You can pick three or four colors and two main fonts that you can access for free and use them across the board in all of your social graphics and any other materials. Now, I know not everyone has a designer's eye, but come on, you know what you like, what you gravitate towards. So just pick something that you love and go with it, realizing it will likely change and evolve as your business grows. Don't spend five hours tweaking a logo and colors that people will only spend five seconds paying attention to. When it comes down to it, simple is always best. And remember, it's likely not going to be your forever branding. So just go with your gut here and know that if you get sick of it later on, once you're bringing in those decent profits, you can switch it up, hire a pro and execute your vision. But for now, bare bones works and your effort and energy should be concentrated way more on providing value and getting your offer out there effectively. The third thing you really don't need right away is a team. I did not hire a soul for three years. It was just me, solo entrepreneur, wearing all the hats, doing all the things. And I know, I know, I swear by a team and outsourcing, but at the beginning, it's not always necessary or feasible. In fact, I'd argue that it's important that you play every role, even just for a while to learn the moving parts that go into your business and for you to establish the benchmarks for how you want things to get done. My advice, build your business and create your systems with a team in mind for the future. But right away, it's okay if it's a one woman or a one man show for a while. There's a lot of info out there about why entrepreneurs need a virtual assistant or an integrator or copywriter in order to function and be successful. But a lot of times that advice is reserved for established entrepreneurs in the growing and scaling stage of their business, not necessarily for the people at the starting line. And while I do believe in the powers of outsourcing, it's not the first or even the fifth action I'd recommend for early entrepreneurs. Why? Because it's another way to spend excess money before you're bringing in enough to sustain and rationalize the expense. Plus, in the beginning, your priority should be, how can I get my thing into the hands of the right clients and how can I best serve them? That's the goal and that's what will give you the resources to be able to hire. Remember what I said about being a business versus looking like a business? My friend Tiffany Alicia talks about this all the time and I love this. 
You need to assess what's on your plate today. And if you can't tie those items on that to-do list to actual tangible results, you might be focused on the wrong things. When we can establish the fact that you do indeed have an offer that people are willing to pay for and you get comfortable inviting people to purchase that offer, your confidence and your bank account will build. And in that building, you may be able to establish where you need the most help and where your investment in hiring will allow you to continue to move the needle the most. Focus now on mastery and narrow your focus on showing up well on one or two platforms as your comfort and your confidence grows. Get really, really good at showing up in those one to two spaces and figure out your own method or system for them. Once you have your way of doing things, eventually you can hand it off to someone else when the time is right and when it makes sense for you financially, and you'll actually have a solid system to train them on. If you continue to grow, you'll know when the time is right to hire and expand, but you want to make sure that when you do hire, you're tying that expense to actual real results so that each project you outsource or person you hire to your team is driving results for your business and moving you closer to your dreams. Number four, you also don't need paid advertising right away in your business. Now, as a lover and believer in the power of Facebook and Instagram ads, I'm telling you this from a place of honesty. You don't need to utilize paid ads when you're just starting out. And in fact, I think people too often jump the gun on those ads and end up wasting money on a tool that has the potential to be super helpful later on. I would say investing in ads is something you should do after you've proven that you add value in a way that makes people pay money for it, and you now know how to scale the results you've already gotten using paid traffic strategies. A lot of times, people invest too soon on paid ads without understanding the true strategy. Ads should act as though they're gasoline you're pouring on a fire, a way to scale what's already working, not be the point of the fire being started. Like if you haven't gotten yourself results with free methods, I wouldn't recommend investing in paid ads. If something is requiring a ton of money being committed without the promise of jumpstarting things, I would always proceed with caution. It is possible to run a successful business using the free strategies I teach here on this podcast. And while paid ads might be tempting and you might hear people say, you have to pay to play, which is true for a business that is scaling, keep in mind that social media ads work when you have an offer that is already proven to work. I think people see ads as this magic band-aid that can somehow make their offer newly irresistible just by getting it in front of the eyes of more people. And that's simply not the case. Once your offer is working and bringing in money on its own before you pay for any sort of advertising, that's when ads can work wonders. And in the beginning, you simply don't know enough about your offer and your clientele to be able to confidently set these ads up to target the right audiences and to know that they'll be worth the investment. So focus on tweaking and perfecting your offers so that they're what your audience actually wants and needs from you. And then when you're ready to scale and have a system that works, that's when you can pour gasoline on the fire to scale. Where to begin if not with paid advertising? Let's just start with talking to people. Keeping your dream or idea quiet and locked away isn't going to help you in getting it out into the world. It's time to start hinting at what you're working on and inviting people into the process, getting feedback and leaving a breadcrumb trail as you build so that when it comes time for you to launch, you have a devoted fan club ready to convert into actual clients. 
Start sharing your curiosities, your passions, your progress. Ask your friends, your family, your followers what they need, how you can serve them, what products interest them, and so on. This means including others in the process from ideation to launch and beyond so that their needs feel heard and catered to. AKA, you'll have a source of interested and engaged potential clients at your fingertips when the time comes, hopefully soon to launch. You're not meant to chase your dreams in a silo. You're not meant to work alone on your own little island. We need cheerleaders, community, and feedback. Five, the final thing that you don't need in the first stages of business is a full suite of offers, products, or services. A lot of times people want to launch with a ton of offers, all situated and ready for purchase. While I understand that desire wholeheartedly, I'd recommend starting with just one thing. Create the course, build the template, offer the one-on-one coaching service, provide one product, and then wait and watch and see how consumers respond. Do they want more of the same? Do they need something to complement your initial offer? Do they want more detail or further guidance on a certain topic? Do that one thing first and do it really well. One of the biggest ways I see new entrepreneurs win is by creating one thing, getting it out into the world, gaining the confidence and the feedback, and then extending their offers based off of feedback and client requests. Instead of having too many options, they remove the concern of decision fatigue or confusion for potential clients, and they tend to speak more specifically to exactly who it is they want to work with, building this devoted client base. I see so many early stage entrepreneurs building out these massive detailed suites of offers with 20 templates and five service packages and 57 product offerings. And you betcha, it takes a ton of time to get these big suites fully prepared to launch. If you started with one thing, the easiest lift, remember where passions and true progress intersect and the offer that excites you the most will get out there. You can quickly launch, ask for feedback, and then continue building out your suite with actually useful guidance from those who have already invested in your first offer, rather than having to guess what you think people might want from you, and then having half of your products fall potentially flat. It allows for you to get that proof of concept, for you to gain the confidence of actually making money, doing what you love, gather that critical feedback that will help you form more offers that are aligned and just what your audience is looking for. Start with one thing, adjust and add from there. It really is that simple, I promise. Woo, I feel like I literally just got off of a 45-minute Peloton ride. Anyone else? I hope this gives you the permission to start simple and get fancy later. I really, really believe in launching before you feel ready or before everything looks perfectly polished. To actually launch and get something out there is better than to hold your idea close waiting for perfection to move forward. In fact, that's where I believe entrepreneurial magic awaits and the confidence is conjured up. It's in the stepping forward, taking that brave action, no matter how scared you feel, and just getting your stuff out there for people to consume, buy, and provide feedback for. That is the quickest way for you and your business to grow and begin making a profit, and it'll feel a heck of a lot more practical and productive than spending a year planning, designing, tweaking, and perfecting before launching anything. More than anything else, I believe in you and I believe that you have something powerful to offer the world. Don't let appearances or insecurities hold you back from just doing the dang thing. And remember that when you're waiting for resources, that's often when your resourcefulness has the opportunity to kick into high gear. Let it and run with it and see what magic can happen when you do. 
Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Until next time, Gold Diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. And if you haven't yet, would you take a minute to make sure you're subscribed? And if you want to leave a review, I love hearing from you and reading your words every single week. It helps us to create more episodes centered around the topics that you want to learn more about. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. 